Hey guys, Easton here. Real quick, today's free version of The Mike Herndon Show is a film room segment, which of course has a pretty serious video component. If you just want to listen via podcast, no problem. Keep listening. But if you want to watch and see the film that we're breaking down, there's a link in the description of this podcast. You can click to get to the free YouTube version of today's Mike Herndon Show. Enjoy. Welcome into the Mike Herndon Show, week 14. I am Mike Herndon. I'm joined, as usual, by Easton Freeze, Director of Published Content for BroadwaySportsMedia.com, uh, which is, of course, a website that, that brings you this show, as well as many other great uh, you know, Nashville sports content podcasts, YouTube shows, articles, all of the above. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's not a lot to talk about. Titans wise this week, uh, very quiet no. week. No, no big deals going on. Uh, got to spin a yarn or two. I'm gonna have to come up with a crazy narrative. Like, will the Titans fire John Robinson? Some really yeah. harebrained ideas really out in left field this week. Yeah. So obviously we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to some of the John Robinson talk after the break uh, in, in the paid portion of this show. Uh, so if you want to hear that uh, and you're not already a subscriber, subscribe. Uh, get behind the paywall and and hear our discussions. On. And why would you want to just hear about the film review from this past week's game? Oh, like it's, it's such a masochist. No, it's going to oh, be miserable. Yeah. And then you're going to be cut off if you're not a insider and you're not going to get any of the somewhat optimistic or interesting discussion. So, I mean, you can do that if you want. But it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. If, if that's all you're here for, I mean, uh, you should just, you know, go outside and kick yourself in the nuts or, or <laughs> yeah. whatever you want to do for the next half hour and you'll get the same experience. So, mm-hmm. All right. So we, we do have a little bit of film to break down. Like Mike said um, from this past week's game, not as much as usual, just because about half of the game was a wash. Um, <laughs> it feels like the Buffalo week where we don't have a ton of, real reps with starters to pick from but we do have a handful of things to look at and discuss from a film perspective so in our film room segment here at the top we're going to start mike you wanted to look at the fact that the titans in terms of pass rush this past week they are officially mia and uh, i i saw you tweet please return to mike rabel if found it it was uh it was the second straight bad performance because they, they were not very good against Cincinnati either, but th- this one was considerably worse. And look, like I, I totally get Eagles offensive line is, is the best in the NFL. They are really good. Um, all five of them across the board, good players. That is a as difficult a challenge as you'll get. And the Titans were somewhat shorthanded without Danico Autry. Uh, and, and with Jeffrey Simmons, to me, still very, very clearly playing hurt. One leg. Um, he's on one leg. And he's just not – he's not nearly as effective. Because, I mean, look, if you are going to have success against this Eagles offensive line, it is against the guards who, you know, Isaac Siamolu, I believe is, is how you pronounce his last name. Sounds uh, right, but I don't and, know. And uh, left guard Landon Dickerson um, are good players. They're They're fine they're not all world guards. Like they're okay. Um, you know, the Eagles have built their offensive line the way you would ideally build an offensive line. You have elite tackles on both sides. You have an elite center and then you have guards that are good enough. Uh, and that's kind of what works for them. So um, I get that the matchup was not a great one and I get that the Titans have injuries, um, but they got zero 
pass rush on Jalen Hurts. I mean, you, you talk about 41 dropbacks by PFF charting in this game. Eight pressures. Hmm. Eight. That, that was one of the lowest rates of the week. I believe it's third lowest among all, all of the games that happened last week. It's got to be the um, lowest of the Titans season. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a pass rush that had 77 pressures in a two-week period against the uh, Chiefs and uh, I think it was the Texans. Uh, I think it was those two weeks back-to-back there. Mm-hmm. Um, 77 pressures in those – no, I'm sorry, it's Chiefs Broncos. 77 pressures in those two games, eight in this one. They, they, this is a huge step back, and it's not – they just Jaylen need 69 Hurt. this week, and then it's the same rate, Mike. I mean, and this is this isn't the situation where you know sometimes in the past they've had you know like the the Steelers game a few years ago when when they were both undefeated comes to mind where Ben Roethlisberger was getting the ball out in like 2.1 seconds on average, and yep. yes, there was no pass rush getting home because literally the ball was hitting his hands and he was throwing it to a wide open receiver because the Titans couldn't cover. Jalen Hurts was right middle of the pack as far as time to throw in this game. It's like 2.75 seconds. Uh, half of his drops back dropbacks were over 2.5 seconds, which means he's holding the ball. Um, and, and you know, we'll see some of these clips here, uh, where clearly he's holding, 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 and has plenty of time, uh, you know, to just, just leisurely throw the ball. But I mean, like, look, this is seven on seven looking stuff, right? Like, how casual he is in the pocket. There's nobody within five yards of him. I mean, that pocket is insane. How yeah. much room and comfort he has back there. I mean, there's no pressure coming from any place. And this is with a blitz. The Titans are bringing, uh, you know, they've got they've got six around the line of scrimmage. Now, Tart and Simmons are kind of, uh, you know, mush rushing uh, for the most part, trying to drop off to make sure Hertz doesn't escape, which to me hurt them in this game. And, and I thought it was very clear that they're, Game plan coming in was they watched the Green Bay game. They saw Hertz go nuts running. And we talked about this on the show last week, that they would have to stop Hertz from destroying them and keep him in the pocket. Well, guess what? They did that. They kept him in the pocket. He only rushed for 12 yards in this game. And he tore them up through the air. Yep. Um, so at some point, you know, I, I get that uh, 35 points is a bad result here. At some point, you just have to tip your cap to to the other team and say, hey, if you can run like that against the Packers and then we turn around and contain you like we wanted to do and you can still carve us up like this, then at some point you're just better. You know, yeah. You, and to be fair to the Titans, the Eagles pass protection has looked similar to that all year long. I mean, yeah. Jalen Hurts. Not to necessarily discount him as an NFL quarterback, but it is the reality that I don't think anybody is in a better position than him, and it's not really even close in terms of the comfortability he's given in the passing game, both in terms of the weapons he has downfield, but especially how much time and room he has in the pocket. I mean, like you said, it's like seven on seven. He's just getting to pick and choose his targets, not even worry about maneuvering the pocket. He just gets to stand there. And and that's the other thing on that last clip that catch by AJ Brown was just ridiculous. I mean, he just reaches around Trey Avery, who is in great position, and makes a touchdown catch. So it's not not only does he have all day to throw. And here's here's another one. This is the first touchdown to Devonte Smith, which you know, again, 
all day to throw. Like the Titans were rushing for, and here, especially early in the game, they were very clearly trying to make sure that their ends did not get further upfield than Hurts, and really, they didn't even want to get even with them. So when you see Bud Dupree over here, you know, on the right right hand side of this the screen, just kind of dancing around in front of the tackle, and I know a lot of people go crazy when they see that kind of stuff. Like, oh, he's, he's clearly trying to contain, right? Yeah, he's not, he, yeah. He is playing to contain Hurts. He is not playing to rush Hurts. And that was what the Titans clearly came into this game trying to do. Um, now, you would love to see them get more push in the middle of the pocket than what they do here. Um, because if you are going to contain, you would like to contain from a tighter pocket rather than a very wide, deep pocket, which is what Hurts gets here. Hey, the, but, these in, the interior three offensive linemen for the Eagles right here, look at how little effort they're having to put in right here. To, I mean, Jason uh, Kelsey is just kind of... Uh, like when your little siblings are, are doing the chores and your your management just overwatching everything. He's, he's, he's not really having to do a whole lot right here. Jason Kelsey could have turned around and gone and sat on the Eagles logo on this play and they would have had no problem getting <laughs> no. This, this throw off. No. Um, so it, it is – and look, I mean, I think Simmons is clearly hobbled, like, like we said. And some of the, you know, Mario Edwards Jr. stuff is, is – slowed the last couple of weeks as he's faced better tackles. Um, you know, he's not, he's not having as much success either. And look, he's not as talent. Like there, there's a reason he was available, right? That he is not some uber talented guy. Who's going to have his way with Lane Johnson, who is his matchup in this game and is easily the best right tackle in the NFL. Still a yes. fantastic player. Um, you just aren't going to win that matchup. Uh, now, if you had Danico Autry, you know, maybe things would be a little bit more interesting, um, especially on the interior, you know, when they line them up in there. But you'll just see, like, this is over and over and over again. Again, here, they bring a blitz. Does not matter all day long. And this this play actually ended up being ruled out of bounds. But the point of the matter is, it, look at the time that Hertz has and how flat this pocket is. I mean, there's just nobody close. I mean, he, even on this one, at least I think, uh, is it Simmons over there that, that kind of pushes? No, it's Tart. Uh, Tart kind of pushes the right guard back a little bit. That's, that's probably, or no, it's not even that. It's uh, the end there getting a little bit of a push on Lane Johnson. So it's, it's Rashad Weaver. So, you get a little bit of of a push there, but not anywhere close enough to to really bother Hertz. Um, and again, he's just as comfortable as can be, sitting back there, chucking it deep. No, no pressure, no fear of a hit coming. When you don't get any pressure on an NFL quarterback, it makes it really easy, especially when you've got AJ Brown and Devontae Smith on the other end playing against two rookie corners for the majority of this game after Christian Fulton went down. Oh man, I, it is. Um, this was a formula for uh, disaster, really, for the Titans the whole way. No I, I mean, and there was nothing they could do about it. Honestly, nope. it, it was one of those deals where, given the players that the Titans had available, I understood the game plan. I, I looked at this and I like I don't put this one on coaching at all. It's a this simple one, mismatch, is all it is. I mean, it's really it is it is when you're you know when your Division Five A school in high school football catches one of the private schools who gets to recruit kids from out of state. And it's like, there's just not, there is no solution here. Right. Exactly. You're overwhelmed on the line of scrimmage on both sides. 
and, and it wasn't even close. I mean, you need the other team to make mistakes and, and credit to the Eagles. They didn't, they didn't turn the ball over. They didn't do anything stupid. So exactly. Yeah. And, and they just, they seem to be able to convert, you know, at will and get these explosive plays at will. Um, and it, it was a terrible matchup. The Eagles played almost perfect football with the exception of like those, those crazy false starts um, was one Bizarre. of the weirdest things I, I've ever seen. Um, I, I tried to look it up during the game to see, cause one of my friends texted me and he's like, do you know what the record is for the number of false starts in a half? So I tried to look it up and I, this came from like a, a wiki how article from 2018. So who knows if it's accurate, but somebody, the only thing I could find was the claim that there, the most was seven and a half in, in the NFL or in college. Um, and the Eagles, I believe had eight or nine in this first half. So strange. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of the oddest things that, uh, I've ever seen from from a team that is playing at home. Like I, I thought the broadcast did a good job of pointing that out. That like it's not like this is a crowd noise thing or a new center or a new quarterback or like anything like that. Well, maybe it was the Eagles fans around the owners box being too loud on <laughs> offense and defense. <laughs> entirely possible. Entirely mm-hmm. possible. Um, but yeah, I mean this this was just a terrible terrible matchup for the Titans, given what their t- current personnel situation is. Again. Like this is the play I, w- I wanted to use the wide angle shot of this one because it's the it's blocker the charge, Mike. Blocker charge. It is the question. And look, I feel for Christian Fulton in this situation because he has a right to the space that he is in, right? Like, so he does not have to get out of AJ Brown's way as long as his feet are set. That was that, the argument, right? That's that's right. So he is kind of running still. So I. I I can see why they called illegal contact kind of, um, you know, it, it would be hard for them to call that pass interference on, on Brown, in my opinion, because like, he's just running his route and Fulton makes contact. I think it should have been a no call, but either way I, it wouldn't have mattered. I kind of think so too. And, and it's kind of the double whammy here. Cause this is obviously Fulton gets hurt uh, on this play again. And, and again, the bigger issue, look at uh, hurts in the pocket and, how much time he has. I mean, he literally is just standing there bouncing, kind of pumps it once, decides he's going to wait for, you know, cause he sees the contact and then he just throws the layup. I mean, this is training camp on air at this point, kind of throw. Um, it is a major, major issue when you cannot get any sort of pressure whatsoever. And I, I know I just keep saying that, but that is, the theme of this game on on that side of the ball. I mean, the Eagles did whatever they wanted in the passing game because they had all day to do it, um, and they had better players on the outside than the Titans had corners. So it was. Now I'll, I'll say this, Mike. I mean, to to be fair to the Titans, and I guess less to be fair and more to put this in perspective for Titans fans, because that is, and there's nothing more. We talk, we've talked about this with the Titans for years. On the other end of the spectrum, there's nothing more defeating for teams that have played the Titans in the past when the Titans run game has been at at its peak, whenever a team is able to do something and you know that they're going to do it and it does not matter, you can't stop it. There's, there's nothing more debilitating a feeling than that, especially as a fan, because there's just nothing you can do. You just nothing. You just, it's a loss. There's, there's no solution there. Um, But the context here is, the Titans won't run into another offensive line like that again until they, until they perhaps make the Super Bowl. Like that, that's a one of one offensive line in the league right now. Yeah, and and the other thing is, I mean, 
the Titans' run defense held the Eagles to their lowest rushing total of the season in this game. It yeah. was it was also smart on the Eagles' part from a game plan and coaching standpoint to say, hey, we know the Titans' run defense is really good. We're not going to try league. to run the ball. You know, you? We're, we're, we're just going to come out and we're going to throw the football. We're going to take what you give us. And they did take what the Titans gave them. They, they gave them those matchups and, and bet that – Hertz would make a mistake or, or that they'd be able to, to get their hands on enough passes to, to maybe make this a contest. And they, the Eagles just outplayed them in, in that, that area. So it, smart, smart game plan by the Eagles. I, I thought it was a smart game plan by the Titans defense too, but it, it just did not work. Uh, and sometimes it won't. Let's look real quick. The, there's really only other one, only one other topic we want to get into here in film, but, Quickly, we have this clip of the Traylon Burks touchdown that uh, is really the only bright spot of our our film review today. But it is a really really bright spot because it's a fantastic catch that that I still can't wrap my head around how he he kept this ball up against his body despite maybe even being knocked unconscious. We don't know. Yeah, it certainly appeared to me that he was out cold on the field. Uh, Looked like it right after this hit. So yeah, unbelievable catch and um, you know just. Phenomenal play by Burks here. And this is, this was on a third and short. I, I mean, they were like, third, this was third and three, I believe. So um, I think the design was actually to try to get Hilliard in the flat here. And and he's kind of, uh, he's got him. You could have uh, gotten the first. Yeah. If he wants him. He, you know, he's also got, I think, uh, I think that's Hooper posting up or maybe, maybe NWI. Uh, I think it's actually NWI that's posting up right over the, uh, no, it is Hooper. He's, it's Hooper, yeah. Yeah, posting up right at the 20-yard line. Probably could have fired that one in there if he wants to, but for whatever reason, he doesn't like those, and maybe he sees that safety ranging way over uh, to that that first side of the field that he looks at and knows that he's got the backside post to, to Burks. But I, I wanted to point out, you know... Yeah, I think, I think the second he sees the safety sprint to the opposite end of the field, he's made that decision because he's not yeah. even... He doesn't even look and consider the flat option. The second yeah, the ball he, is snapped, that safety sp- turns a full sprint, and he's just bought in. And it's a great, it's a great pass and throw, or pa- yeah. pass and catch rather. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a yeah, it's a good decision by Tannehill, obviously, to to come back and find that. But it's it's a great route by Burks more than anything because he he not only like makes the catch at the end, but he wins that release at the line of scrimmage too, and gets that inside release to be able to to win and he's got leverage the whole way at that point so he gets when Mike that's what stands out to me on this rep is you know who else ran a great route on this nobody he's the only guy beating man coverage here and it's kind of a microcosm in this one play of of how there's only been one I think it was James Foster our our friend on Twitter earlier this week that pointed out on this clip the Titans have only had one receiver this year who can reliably beat man coverage and you're seeing it right here yeah absolutely it's um it was obvious after he went down that the Titans were no longer going to be able to win, especially, I mean, look, the Eagles, again, the Eagles are a really good team for a reason. You know, they, they've got Bradbury, uh, they've got Slay on the other side. They're I think it's the best roster guard. top to bottom. Excellent. Yeah. 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 It's definitely um, to me, like the most complete roster uh, yeah. in the NFL. Um so it is a really tough team to play against. Those those outside corners are no joke. Um, and expecting NWI and CJ Board 
and uh, and Robert Woods to be able to beat those guys is just unrealistic. It's so as soon as Burks went down, I, honestly, I was like, this game's over. And I think it was it was seven to seven at that point, right? So yep. I was like, there's they're going to struggle to move the ball now because they don't have anyone else who can beat these guys. And you know, Henry just the running game hasn't been there, and and it wasn't there again in this game. And I think that's in large part offensive line related, but also. Once once Burks went down, especially, why why would the Eagles not try to turn the screws on Derrick Henry? Because they have zero fear of of NWI torching Darius Slay like that. Things that are not going to happen at all <laughs> For in any Alex. situation. Yeah. You know, like uh, there's just no fear at that point. So why not barrel everybody downhill and contain Henry? That's the only way you could get beat at, at that point in the game. So it's one of those things, and that's what. With Burks going down again, you know, you worry about how long he's going to be out because obviously that looked like a pretty bad concussion as as concussions go. Uh, I know they're all bad, but that one, you know, appeared particularly tough. Um, it's if he's out multiple weeks, I, I'd be surprised really if he's worried. back into like I'd be surprised if he's back for the Chargers game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I certainly don't think he's going to play this week. I, I think based on the, think about the Titans concussion protocol this season, they've not had a player in concussion protocol return the same week. Oh, that's kind of been a, a league wide trend with the new protocol. They've also had guys with really slight concussions like Ben Jones, who I was talking to in the locker room after he got concussed and none of us could tell that he was injured in any way. And then he missed two weeks. Now You, you got to hope that Traylon Burks is a much younger guy is more resilient in that way. Yeah, but it, I'd be surprised if he, he doesn't miss two weeks personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's probably a realistic timeline to look at. I think that's kind of where the over under would be would be like two and a half. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think we'll, we'll see when he comes back. But the, the Titans desperately need him. I mean, they, they had Chig Conquo basically playing as a slot receiver for big chunks of this game in the second half, which Chig and Austin Hooper were their two leading receivers on the day. Yeah. Which I mean, those guys are are good players, and and I think they should be featured more, anyways. But at some point, you've got to be able to win with other guys, you know, besides your tight ends. And, and yes. the Titans don't have any receivers that can win right now. And like Robert Woods is an okay wide receiver at this point in his career, but he is not, uh, you know, a man beater. Like he is, no. he is a guy that's going to settle down in his zone and, and and make those kind of catches. And he's very much a complimentary guy, not a number one, not a guy that you can say third down. They're they're pressing us up. We know that he can win and and make a play for us. That's not him. That's not him. That's Burks. So, yeah. all right, six more clips. Welcome to Sackapalooza, boys and girls. <laughs> Behind door number one, we have a sack with a terrible route concept to pair with it. Yeah, the, all all of the sacks were certainly not just on the offensive line in this game. Um, you know, this one, it, all, almost all of them, I guess five of the six were on third downs. Um, so it was very clear when the, the Eagles got the Titans in situations where they knew they were going to pass, um, they were able to pin their ears back and really tee off. But Except I they're only no, sending four here. I mean, it's not even a blitz. Yeah, and I have no idea. The two receivers at the top of the screen, which are Robert Woods and uh, NWI here, they run the same route, like literally three yards away from each other. That has to be a mistake. Somebody's got to have made a mistake there, yeah, because it it makes zero sense for them to both be running 
the same route right next to each other because you could essentially cover two two guys with one right there. I mean, it, and that's that's what really creates this sack is this ball has to be out quick. I mean, it, it's third and three, I believe, third and four, maybe. Um, and one of them, has, w- one of them. Why is nobody in the middle of the field? One of them had to. Yeah. I think the right thing. Somebody should have been streaking across the middle here. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure who it's was so in the crowded ball. at the top of the screen there. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and honestly, like you know, if Woods just runs the outbreaker here. He's got it. Like, right. I, I just don't know. I don't know why both of them made this little, like, you know, like a little whip route kind of. Um, but you certainly wouldn't draw that up to both run it right next to each other like that. It's <laughs> well, we can throw it in there and odds are one of them's going to catch it. Cause there's two right there. Yeah. It, it's so I don't know if that's, I'm guessing that's not bad design. I'm guessing that's a, a bust by somebody, um, yeah. you know, possibly, you know, you know, it, but those are your two most veteran receivers on the team also, you know, it, although we've seen Woods for sure run wrong routes before this season. So um, I don't know if maybe he just didn't didn't catch an alert or or something happened that that caused confusion. But that one I would not actually put on the offensive line. That was poor route route concept or poor, poor mental error by one of the receivers. All right. Door number two. Here's a uh, another questionable route concept to pair. Yeah, this one, I don't know what's going on, like what the goal here was, because you see a lot of routes that are kind of, um, you know, Wood sets his route down way short of the marker um, at the bottom of the screen, uh, right there at the 30. They've got to get to the 33. Um, and then he just kind of runs around short of the marker, which he's open, but he's also short. Uh, of the first down line. So I, I'm not sure where they actually were going. Is this Chig here at the top of the screen releasing? Yeah. So that's, Do you think that's, maybe that was the intention and he just got a late release. I'm not, I'm not totally sure what the, cause he's open there. If Tannehill doesn't have to vacate the pocket. I mean, you've got the first he, down. He was, it, it looked like, I mean, he, he was chipping to help daily um, at, at the start of the snap, obviously, but it looked like it, maybe he got more of that chip than he was supposed to because he definitely looks late to me getting out of his his break because by the time Tannehill actually looks over to him, I mean, he's he's still like not even close to turning around uh, and, and looking for the ball. So the timing's off, you know, it just everything looks off on this play and there's nobody open. So this is another one where I don't think it's on the offensive line necessarily. Um, you know, actually I, uh, Petit Frere does a fantastic job picking up uh, a stunt here with, with Reddick and I believe that's Fletcher Cox. Um, so really good job by him on this play, but don't, don't love the route concept. You know, Hooper's just kind of like running aimlessly. It looks like, I mean, Sometimes it's hard for me to see exactly what they're going for with, with certain play calls. Um, and this is one of them where I'm just like, eh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm totally following what they're, what they're trying to do here. Um, Mike, and, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty confident. This is a chig thing because look at Tannehill's eyes and the timing of it. I think this is a chig being late thing. Cause first of all, on the chip here, he, he, he gets blown up a little bit and pushed back two yards. Yeah. And then you look at Tannehill's head. He looks to the bottom of your screen first. And then he looks over in the direction of Chig here. He turns his head that direction. Yeah. And Chig is not there, not even close to breaking in the route. Yeah. 
And and really it almost looks like even if he even if his landmark was where he ended up breaking, that he needs to have a sense of timing and that, hey, I got knocked off of my spot here. Break it off early. I need to break it off early and then see if I can pick it up with my legs after the fact. Um, Because honestly, if he breaks it off early, he's probably, he's certainly open. Um, He's the yards after catch God on this team. Surely he can pick up a couple after he catches it. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. So, All right, door number three here. Uh, Sorry, did you have anything else on that one? No, that's that's really it. It it was, to me, just a uh, a situation where a late release probably screwed him on that one. All right, door number three is you you labeled this one as probably on Tannehill. Talk us through why you think this is his fault, besides just holding onto the ball for too long. Yeah, and this one is actually somewhat interesting because after hearing uh, Todd Downing speak today, I'm fairly certain that this one was a uh, error on CJ Board's part because he mentioned really? he mentioned you know they were talking about the red zone uh, right. opportunity and this is the one red zone opportunity that they they got in this game um, and he mentioned you know obviously the false start by Dennis Daly that preceded this. But then he said, you know, and then we've got a new guy uh, in a spot that he hasn't really played before, and you have a mistake. So, obviously, he's not talking about Uh, Dennis Daly, um, who, you know, ultimately gets beat for the sack. Although, I know Brable, (laughs) right after the game, basically said, look, he pushes Josh Sweat, you know, 10 yards deep here. Um, You know, if you look, they're at 13. Yeah, Yeah, he's 10 yards deep. Um, usually you want your quarterback to stay in, you know, no deeper than about eight yards, uh, for that reason, because you don't want guys to just be able to run the loop around these tackles, uh, and, and make sacks. So Tannehill's probably sitting a little bit deeper than he should, but that is in part because the interior of that pocket is giving up ground. Um, and then also at the top of the screen here, you've got board who's the middle of the three receivers to the top. And he's running, it looks like, again, the exact same route as, as Nick Westbrook. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing he either needs to clear out quicker or he's doing something else entirely on that concept. But it sounded, sounded to me like Todd Downing basically said, board ran the wrong route here. Um, and honestly, if you look at, at NWI, he's open. I mean, he, he's there. But it, I think board being close kind of muddies the read for Tannehill a little bit. Uh, cause he's, he's kind of got a defender in the area that can break down right there. Um, yep. and so I think that ended up throwing off Tannehill's Tannehill's read and, and making him squeeze the ball and hold it here and, and take the sack ultimately. Cause it's not a terrible play right there from the offensive line. It's not terrible pass protection, but ultimately still results in a sack. We will All get right. to some really bad offensive line play. After this point, though, I'm about to say because we we're only halfway through the sacks here. We got yeah, door number yeah. four now. This is uh, labeled by you multiple offensive line issues. So let's talk yeah. about them. Yeah, absolutely. So here you've got a couple <laughs> things going on, and and it Holy is a, a true meet at the quarterback uh, situation <laughs> here with Hassan Reddick and and Josh Sweat. And honestly, like I I don't know how Nicholas Petit Frere gets beat this bad. We'll, we'll start with him. He's on the left side of the screen here. Um, by by Sweat because Sweat starts his move really working against Nate Davis and Petit Frere's just kind of picking him up and he still manages to beat Petit Frere almost <laughs> clean here. So Sweat I, hit them both with the old double swim. 
Yeah, I mean, it, he he kind of hits both with the same move and, uh-huh. and wins. Like, and obviously Davis is passing him off because he sees him going outside. Um, but then on the other side, of course, you got our guy Dennis Daly combining with Aaron Brewer. And honestly, this one's not probably on Daly so much as it is Brewer because Brewer gives up penetration to Hargrave. And at that point, like they're running a twist. This is a design twist. Hargrave is penetrating. Uh, Reddick is looping. And as soon as uh, Brewer gives up that deep penetration to, to Hargrave, who is a great player, like that's a tough matchup. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But as soon as he There's gives a that six up. Six lane superhighway for the swim or for the uh, twist. Yeah, Daly has nowhere to go because he he is getting picked off and there's a direct line straight to the quarterback for uh for Reddick there. So um multiple failures on this one, obviously. Uh, you know, even you know, I think Fletcher Cox gets gets pretty good penetration. I mean, they 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 are all over Tannehill and they're all over him pretty quickly here. I mean, that is but say, I'm, I'm sitting not. here trying to find an offensive lineman who won and I'm I'm failing to do so. It's, it's the exact opposite of what the, the Jalen Hurts pockets looked like, right? Like you, exact, yes. You think about yeah. how like flat and like, you know, just no penetration. He, you, we saw on all those clips and then you turn around and you see this and it just and looks suddenly like Tannehill's in the trash bomb. compactor on the, on the death star and the exactly. walls are closing in immediately. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Door number five here. This one is labeled play action crosser, not there. So this is a uh, maybe a bit of a coverage sack here or. Yeah, so it's it's a combination of the two, I think, you know, first, you know, Nate Davis gets beat um, by I think it's Indomitian Sue. Um, and I can't tell if it's Davis that gets beat or if it's Petit Frere who does, you know, should have gotten a piece of Sue here. Um, I wasn't entirely sure on what the rules should have been there. My guess is it should have been Petit Frere, but uh, either way, nobody really blocks him. And so he's in the backfield quickly. Uh, and, and then Chig gets blown up by uh, Brandon Graham. Um, and so the blocking is not great. However, this is a quick play action glance throw, which the Titans have run a million times over the past four years. Um and usually it is play action, hit your back step, ball is out to this crosser that NWI is running. NWI is at the top of the screen. He's working against uh, Bradbury. But two things here. This play used to be the bread and butter play with A.J. Brown. This was the play that A.J. Brown basically made his like staple play. They would hit him on this crosser. He'd break a million tackles, and then he'd run for a touchdown. Yep. Um, they're trying to run it with NWI against a good corner, and the corner is all over it. I mean, all Bradbury over. doesn't need the help, but the help is there, and that is indicative of how teams have started to play the Titans. They know where they're trying to go with these plays. Uh, they know what these concepts look like, and this is something that gets drilled into the defense play or you know day after day during Titans week. Well, Mike, they didn't just learn this either. They knew when the Titans had AJ, it didn't matter. A back to the point. It's nice when you can do things well that you do well and yeah. the other team knows and it does not matter. The Titans aren't in that. They're, they're not in that boat really anywhere right now. Yeah. So they, they, this is the way teams are playing this route concept now. But yeah, it is. This is ultimately NWI does not win the route. Uh, so nobody's open. There, it's a two man route concept. So Woods Woods is double covered deep. Uh, NWI gets swallowed up by Bradbury. Um, 
so what what are you gonna do? Like you, you're gonna take the sack whether the offensive line gave up quick pressure or not. And they did give up quick quick pressure. So it's kind of you lose on both ends on that play. All right. And finally, behind door number six, uh, we got a double tackle whiff here, the double whammy on both ends of the line. This one, I for the life of me cannot figure out what what Nicholas Petit Frere is doing. Like he he's he's kick sliding and kick sliding like into oblivion. It's like he's he's broken. He's glitching. Something. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's a Madden glitch. He <laughs> this is bizarre. I've not seen this this week. Like he, I mean, I mean, he doesn't even really put a move on him. He just runs right by him. I, it's like an old vaudeville show, and the guy's falling, slipping over the banana peel, but in one place, just running and. Uh, yeah, I, I like I have no idea what's going on there. Um, and then on the other side, of course, um, you know, you've also got Daly getting beaten inside with chip help for like the millionth time this season. And it drives me crazy every time I see it, because every time you have chip help as an offensive tackle, you cannot get beat inside. That is the one place you cannot get beat. And he does it over and over and over again. And it drives me nuts. It's it like it's like crazy. he doesn't. Between the 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 um, huddle and getting to the line, he forgets that he has chip help because he looks like he's playing it without any help. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's setting wide here. I mean, he's he's really getting out there, and like I, I get Josh Sweat's a really good athlete and all that, but you've got help, you've got help. You cannot get beat inside, so he he gets beat inside, of course. Um, and so this is really just like a microcosm of what what the Titans have dealt with. Ever since Taylor Luan went down, basically, and it is both tackles are problems. Now, I think I still think you could live with it. Like if Luan was playing and playing like he did for most of the back half of last season when he was actually like somewhat healthy, um, I think you could probably live with Nicholas Petit Ferrer being what he is, which is you know a guy that is not perfect, but you would probably be chip helping Petit Ferrer and not the left tackle, right? Like so. That's your initial problem is that most of the time when the Titans are helping a tackle right now, it's daily. It's not Petit Frere. And your rookie right tackle probably needs help. I mean, that that is nine, nine, nine times out of ten, you're going to help your rookie tackle. You're going to leave your veteran uh, you know, to win one-on-one matchups. And the Titans don't have either tackle that is consistently enough winning one-on-one matchups. And that's before you even get into – you know, Aaron Brewer, who has his own pass protection issues and the fact that the pocket is continuously being pushed back like it, they don't ever set, you know, again, go watch those clips or rewind a little bit. Watch those clips with Jalen Hurts. See what that pocket looks like. That is how it is supposed to be. It is not supposed to be this crumbling mess of a thing that that we see too often with the Titans. I thought the pass protection was actually mostly fine in the first half, but the further and further they got into this game, the more it crumbled. And obviously like the Eagles knew uh, at that point that the Titans were going to have to throw the ball to try to get back into it. And and that's not their forte getting into that drop back passing game, but still this is why the Titans can't play that way. This is why the Titans are, you know, playing with one hand tied behind their back half the time, because this is, they, they don't have this, option they, they have one way that they can play one way that they can win and we'll talk about why that is uh after the break with our john robinson uh discussion yeah so we have a lot more to talk about this week i think we have more to talk about behind the paywall than maybe we ever have this year 
So a ton of show left. But unfortunately, for those of you that are not Broadway insiders, this is the end of the road for you. Go over to broadwaysportsmedia.com. Get a subscription with a Broadway Insider Pass, just 99 cents your first month when you use code INSIDER. And then beyond that, just the price of a cup of coffee each month. You get the entirety of the Mike Herndon Show in its video form on YouTube. You can also listen as well. You get all of our premium articles, which we're writing more and more of each and every day. Uh, Articles from people like myself and Zach Lyons and Justin Mello, among others. Uh, There's some early access articles. If you like Rob Rob Greenlaw's uh, terrible Twitter takes, which this week's edition, because of all the news this week, had 30 some odd tweets in there. It was stocked full of nonsense and uh, treachery. And so it's fantastic. You get that in early access form as well. You also get access to a couple of our fantasy leagues that we do year round, um, different fantasy leagues and games that you can be a part of. All a ton of fun. Just 99 cents for your first month when you sign up with code insider at broadwaysportsmedia.com or when you use code annual for your annual pass. To hear the rest of this show, you got to have one. And in the rest of the show today, we've got our, as always, Moneymaker Mike segment where we're going to have some bets for this week and make some money. And then the mic drop segment where Mike gives us his hottest take of the week, which is always a good time. We're also, of course, going to be talking about Titans Jaguars this weekend in what is, I think we can agree, Mike, this is the most important game left on the Titans schedule by far. 100%. And so that's going to be a big one. Plenty to discuss there. Then, of course, John Robinson this week. We've got a ton to discuss kind of in the aftermath. We'll pick up the pieces on that and see where the Titans go long-term at the GM position and and what the organization has in mind for this franchise going forward. All that discussion behind the paywall, you can access it if you go right now and become an insider today. Again, code INSIDER for $0.99 cents on your first month or code ANNUAL for $20 off the annual pass. Get a whole year for just $49.99. Helps us keep the lights on, and we appreciate you supporting our local business and local coverage of your favorite teams. Until then, we'll talk to you next week.